0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Hello, welcome to the True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex joined by Ben Weird and Simon Campbell. Talking about Hello, talking after the rarest of things, in Newcastle United's away win, Uh, we're also doing our first traditional Monday podcast of the season, Uh, it's been a while, Uh, we had the Reading one out last week, um, straight after the match, and I think Brighton this week will have another podcast for you straight after the game, we'll not bother with Cheltenham, Uh, the rest of Newcastle's not bothering in terms of actually turning up the match, so probably no point, Um.
2: If they're not going to buy a ticket, they're certainly not getting our thoughts on the game <laughs> after.
1: No, they're not. Disappointing ticket sales so far, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the week. Uh, so, also, the lads were on Radio Townside. Um Good show this week, was it, lads? I didn't have a chance to listen being down Bristol.
3: Was it quite a Dogger?
1: Was it? One of the best.
3: One of the best.
2: Yes. Yeah, some good predictions. I called the 1 0, I think. Did you? Yeah, and no, I called a 2 1, so it was only <laughs> two goals. Huh? Basically the same.
1: Matt Seltz was on your side, Ben. He was doing his best. More uh, on him later. Yeah, so you'll catch us. I think every away game, it's going to be a pre-match preview from from True Faith. Um, Two p.m. before three o'clock kick off. You'll get that online at Radio Townside uh, on the website. You also get a medium wave in the northeast area or Townside area. Medium wave wants Think five.
2: you've got to be pretty much in the city center. <laughs> you've got to <your> be outside
1: <laughs> Radio Townside's office. <laughs> With uh, you
2: get the jasmine and it it goes. That's it. <laughs>
1: um, but anyway, if you are in that area, you can listen to us on your radio, but most people listen online. Those shows aren't podcasters, so you have to listen in. One of these days, I'll get around to live streaming the shows. I was going to do that tonight, but it hasn't happened. But you're listening anyway, if you're listening to this. So, Newcastle won at Bristol. Fantastic result. Anyone want to ask me some questions about it, because I was there?
2: Yeah, we've not seen sniff of it, because it's so hard to get a stream these days, other than the, the goal. <laughs> um so, Doug, what what was Bristol Away like?
1: It was good. Um good away end actually I, I always I I kinda dislike like New Southern because of the some of the the fans it attracts. Not that's not everyone, there's loads of decent Southern based Newcastle fans and they're fine, but there are also some who aren't. Um but it was a really good away end, very boisterous. Have you ever heard the new Matt Ritchie song?
2: Something about wearing a hat.
1: That's right. I don't understand it. It's very league two, it's like it's like basically, you know, every League 2, League 1 club has a, you know, so-and-so has magic, he wears a magic hat. Uh, and it's like, very, I, I don't know, that was kind of the song of the day, and I was just like...
2: All I could hear on the radio was the, don't take me home. Yeah, also, also very
1: off. disappointing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was good. It was a good crowd, uh, vociferous, really disappointed by Bristol City's crowd, very quiet. They'd opened their new upper tier, um. so it was a record crowd for them, but they could only sell like half the tickets in it. So there was a lot of empty seats there, but yeah. I think the game was a sellout. I think to be fair, Bristol City they, they sell out every week. We said it. We said it on
2: the radio show. Uh, the the headlines in the Bristol Gazette or something. Was uh, Ashton Gate biggest crowd in twenty two years? Like we're gonna have to get used to that sort of pattern. Like everywhere we go, it's the biggest game in in you know twenty years. And um, for that reason, away games aren't that easy. So any any win like. like <laughs> They're
1: there, still easier than they were previously when we didn't win them. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, on. so on the game the day was alright uh, very wet <laughs> miserable day uh, decent crowd and the game was good I mean the first half and an hour castle were excellent I don't know if we came across that in the radio brilliant passing football you know really incisive a lot of good attacks we should have been 2-0 two, two up by the time we scored yeah. I mean Hayden and someone else missed two free headers from corners like just begging to be headed in um, we didn't really test the keeper that much it was really good to see the the play stretched because obviously you know lads everything goes down the right. So Benitez obviously being a good coach, even though we had a left side of Kieran Clark and Johan Gufran, he's just t- he just told Gufran stick like kind of like we said, stick on the left side, don't come inside, just stick on the touchline. And that means Gouffran got absolutely loads of space. Yeah, didn't, do out, didn't do out with it. But it, yeah, but it means it was, the other team yeah. have to think about it, doesn't it? It, it just means that, that that Richie and Anita started getting loads of space in the right side. So it was it was going really, really well. We scored the goal, great goal. Diarme, fantastic pass. Was, for the first forty minutes, Diarme was superb. Uh like so much better than uh than would than he was against Huddersfield. Really, really good at like he does a lot of things which an aspect of Newcastle support, particularly at home, will hit. Like you know what I mean, he might have three players around him and if he can get through them, he's through on goal. Yeah. So we'll try it.
2: Try and knock and past one of them. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, he might
1: not. And he, it might not work. And that with the other kind of two well, the main disappointing thing on sat there was just still just negative. I mean, they should fucking put a thing online when you buy tickets in the box box office saying if you're a miserable or so ticket yeah? here. Because the amount of people kicking off around me, do you want to get him off? Like he's shouting him. Yeah. Like he's he's done the assist. He's done it. Get him off. He's <laughs> shy. Like, he's not. He's tired. He's probably going to have to come same off soon. Same old stories. And, uh, Remember like,
2: when we first signed Denver Bar? Yeah. He's the next bloody shoulder. He's rubbish. And, uh, and then like half a season in and he's, he's literally running the show. Huh. I've, I've hoped the same thing happens.
1: So that was disappointing. So I mean, I, I thought we were going to piss it. And then after the goal went in, it was just shut up shop. I thought that it was just a half time. No, yeah. it was the whole game. having said that and Bemba LaSalle's brilliant. Like so good to see him back and playing with did not wrong. And Bemba was his class above. Bristol City had I don't even know, I mean that might, might mean Asamoa, I don't know. Some mass like proper six foot six big lad up front who I thought Christ is gonna cause my problems, didn't. Clark played well at left back. I mean he's no better than Paul Dummett. He got skinned a couple of times by in the first half by a really tricky winger. I think a lot of these Teams are going to have like class wingers who can beat the man for fun. They just can't cross, pass, shoot, or have any end product. That's why they're playing at this level because they can beat players no problem. They've just got no end product. I'm not going to say something, Ben. I
3: was going to say it's basically all the wingers we had like back in the day Routledge, yeah, like um, who's it, Sammy, yeah, um, like over time. Just you've got to have an end product with that, yeah.
1: no, exactly. So I was a bit worried, he's much. Better than pulls them out on the ball like not that that's hard, but he's you know every time someone passes in the ball, he doesn't treat it like an exploding <laughs> bomb. It also allows the other players to pass the ball more than two yards in front of them and not be massively surprised by it. So that was positive. I think I think um, losing Galloway like we have to West Brom is a massive blow, but but we'll see. Um, Anita did all right at full back defensively. Things in the second half didn't go so well because the opposition basically worked Anita out. So in the first half, he was getting the ball and doing like he did against Man City. He was he was doing a lot of like feints, a lot of like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, dummy one way and go another. They soon realised that if they just ran at him, they could take the ball yeah. off him quite easily. He's not Jan Matt. Um yeah, we will talk about him later. Um so that also meant Richie started to have to do a lot more defence because he needed to give the ball away a lot. On the left side, the, the Gufran and Clark basically just playing the same position because they couldn't, get, they couldn't get through the middle because we were defending so well. Callback had call back a great game. Come back in, a lot more positive. Hayden had a really good game. Um, so that was good. So they were, everything was coming down the flanks. So there, there was a lot of crosses coming in. And unless Matt Seltz had been how he was, um, there was just no way we were going to concede a goal. Matt Seltz was absolutely... For a bloke who had no shots to save, he had a terrible game. Like, I was watching him. I got the ground quite early for a change. I was watching him pre-match. And he was they were obviously firing balls in. He was coming out and claiming them. No problem at all. Obviously, there's no defenders there. But I'll give you a couple of examples, and I've had people on Twitter telling me
2: picking <laughs> a massive football towards the man yeah, wearing gloves. He was six foot five, it.
1: yeah. But people saying to me on Twitter, "You're too harsh on Selcuk. Like, well, you didn't see the game, did you? Like, he balls were being crossed in the box that were going out of play because they were overhit, and he was taking five step forwards. So nowhere near the ball. Balls were coming in. He was getting there, he caught the ball and just dropping it. It happened three or four times. And he was kicking off at the ref every time, embarrassed himself because it wasn't a foul. You, you've just dropped the ball, mate. Like, stop dropping the ball. He looks like Paul Dummett in possession. Like I said before, <laughs> like like a, a lad, one of our defenders, would, would make the obvious pass back to him and he'd be caught out by it. You know, he'd be on his heels every time. And there's a couple of chances They nearly got in and it's like, are you not paying attention? Like it, again if the ball isn't played directly to his feet, he he panics. But it was it was just the fact that every time that they had one chance when he spilled the ball and the lad should have knocked it in, um he didn't have a single save to make and it's like I know this is being negative, but we're four games in he hasn't made a save, has he? He hasn't done a single positive contribution. So that was worrying. Um
3: I mean I suppose it's a good point in terms of the defensive setup of the team though, that he's he's not really been tested. Um, we've obviously made a mistake against Fulham.
1: Three we've, the, we've made three mistakes yeah. and scored three goals we've against Fulham well. Exactly. Well, um, four, four, including red penalty.
3: Which
2: doesn't say a lot for myself, does it?
3: But it, I, you're you're right though. I haven't seen him make it. even the saves that he's had to make. He's not looked comfortable making them. So it is a bit of a worry, um, especially with apparently this reports that Quill is uh, going out and learning. I think.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we may as well talk about the incomings and outgoings, so then we'll start with Crowley, you raise him. He's in the last year of his deal. He'll not be fit till October, November, so there's no way Newcastle couldn't let him stay, or, or there is a way. I don't know what you think about this, Ben. So they're supposedly we letting him go and giving him a year's extension, yeah. and I think that's if we that's do get promoted. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that's the best for everybody, or would, you, or would you rather think he's so superior to everybody, other the keepers we've got, do you think now we need to be playing my best keeper?
3: It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, just because I think we've, we've seen it already in in the, it's just in the modern era that players are, are, have just got all the power. So um, I mean, obviously the sort some of the deals that we've done already, like Rafa's, basically had to just bow down to the players and just get them the moves that they wanted, the legs of two one, and uh, yell them. Um, I suppose the issue is for Krull is that when he does get back fit, he needs he he obviously wants to be in getting the sort of challenging for the dutch number one um spot which is going to be difficult to do in the, the championship yeah. um whereas at least if he's in in holland although it's not a, a, as good a sort of league um it's probably not as competitive i would say yeah. is, is the championship no that's no, not, not but at least it's it's obviously the home the home um league he's going to be playing champions league football with ajax if they get through um and it'll just give him more exposure to, to see sort of what he's capable Because at the end of the day you look at Silicon who's been the number one, he's been playing at Ajax, it's not done him him any um, harm. Apparently he's on his way to Barcelona, I think. Yep, he is aye. So um it would sort of give give Cull an option to, to sort of try and try and get that back. And at the same time we we're not des- I don't think we're desperate for him. Um in terms of we've got some solid keepers in the squad. Um and it's just a case of just keeping everyone happy. I mean, it's not it's not ideal. Obviously, I'd, I'd best case scenario I'd say keep them, but I just don't think in this day and age, he's he's not what well, he doesn't really have anything to gain by doing it. I, um, think,
2: I think it's a good deal for everyone. Obviously, we we'd all love to keep him, but exactly. I understand why I would go. I think it's testament to Rafa that he'd even entertain the idea of going on loan for one year, and then potentially coming back. And, you know, if if we had anyone else in charge, he'd probably just go. But because there's that this possibility of a Premier League season with Rafa a year a year away, mm-hmm. that he's entertaining this loan move is,
3: is class. And that's know, the I've thing. That I think it's, it's a move that could, could work out for, for both parties, and that's the, the part of it. And as I said, I think in when, when Elliot comes back, we've got Darlow, obviously sells, you hope, will will improve. There must be something there gotta improve. There's no way you can stay must, like this. There must be something there. Yeah, yeah. oh you're right, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I he's, agree. He's, he's he's played Champions League football last season, he's have been called up into a Belgium squad where they've got some pretty decent keepers in terms of, they uh, obviously Courtois and, and even Mignolet. I mean, he's not the greatest, but he's still a, a good keeper. <laughs> Mignolet
1: four shots, uh, sorry, five shots faced this season. <laughs> <five cups>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, ignore that. But, um, but yeah, I think it's just it, it's one of those where we, we should have enough quality within within the keepers in competition there um, to. To sort of get where get through, and as I say, as as I just said before, I think the defense are playing pretty solidly. Yeah. Um, apart from the odd mistakes which we keep getting punished by, but in general, though, yeah. in general though, we teams aren't sort of breaking we down very easily. Um, and that obviously means that you you don't really we can probably get away with not having a top class keeper because they're not going to have a huge amount to do so, and and crawl if we can get him back to the levels he was, a few years ago could can be one of the top keepers in the league. So I think it's one where you'd sort of take a look and just sort of a, a wider look of it, view of it, and just say, well, obviously he he probably he, he could go for nothing if we don't let him go. And then we've we've got we've gained nothing out of it. Whereas at least this way we're giving him what he wants, keeping him happy and potentially get get the best out of him in a in a year's time if, if we get promoted. Um I think it is just a case that he's probably just thinking Obviously, if he's in national career, what's the best thing? And I, don't. I mean, I don't begrudge the the, the bloke. Um, obviously, <laughs> it it's a disaster. We're getting relegated. Really this is obviously one of the things I think we've just got to sort of put up with. Um, just with all the players wanting to leave at the minute, it's it's difficult. But if if it if it if he's happy with that and it and it works out then. Who who might sort tell Rafa not not to do it? I think it's one of those. It's, it's a
1: marriage of convenience, isn't it. Mm-hmm. I think you made a good point there. Like it might not necessarily have been the um, the footballing choice, but there's so much more goes on in terms of having to get players away from the training ground. He doesn't want thirty two players well, the clogging thing, the place like up, and
3: potentially can have four or five kids. Yeah,
1: people, aren't you? Uh, Jamie Carragher wrote in the Daily Mail last week something really interesting um, about how when Rafa came to Liverpool. He didn't fancy Chris Kirkland at all and everyone presumed Chris Kirkland was gonna be the one to take over from Jersey Dudek. Yeah. He just didn't fancy him and he, he's Rafa apparently told Carragher, and never understand English keepers why in training. to dive about the place all the time, risking injury, mm-hmm. like what like you can obviously save, do reaction saves, you were at this level. Mm-hmm. You should con you should be concentrating on your distribution mm-hmm. and your ability to come off your line. And he says, English girl he's diving about, showing and, and you know, I want to make saves and, and he's like, Nah, like if you look at Carl Darlow, Carl Darlow's biggest weakness is his distribution. Like some of his kicking is, is worse than Krull's, yeah, 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 yeah. terrible. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, you know, Cels isn't brilliant, but it's, he, you know, it's not like his distribution so far has been like disastrous, has yeah, it? You haven't not, thought like, or. you are Yeah, heart, exactly. Really. So, so that's, that's maybe an insight into why he thinks, right, you over you, Krull You've got one year left. We can't keep you here and give you another contract. What we can do is put you on loan with a view to buy. If we get promoted, champion, you you're back in the side and we'll go from there. So I think it's worked out pretty well for everyone. Cy, uh, si, Daryl jan looks like he's pretty much nailed on. He's going to join West Ham. Uh, £10 million. Your thoughts on that one?
2: That's a good price, really, for a player who just complete, seems to have completely lost what what we had when, when we first signed him and even the first half last season when he was our only attacking threat that that just went and he, defensively he's a liability he, the bloke gets beaten all the time we, we're constantly con- and, he, and he's got a lot of work to do but he's normally had to soak or someone in front of him running 60 yards and then obviously not track him back because he's done done in but um I don't know. He's 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 it's he's never gonna play in the championship for us. I don't think Yamat yeah, was always gonna be one of the ones to go. I was surprised to see him start the first couple of games to be honest. Um for me it's uh ten million's a good price and I don't think we'll miss him. I, I don't think he's the player we thought he
1: once was. Ben, do you do you agree or disagree? Um
3: Yeah, I mean I think I oh, I didn't think he would stay to be honest. I was surprised uh, when he as you said, when he played the first few games it, it there wasn't there did there didn't seem to be any sort of murmurings of any interest in him, which I was a bit surprised of, but I suppose it's you know, it's it's a result of Holland not being in the, the Euros and, and him not having that exposure. Um he's probably sort of a little bit forgotten. But um I think I don't know, I think that's a bit harsh. He's, he's obviously was a was a massive player for uh the last couple of seasons, even when we've not been doing well, he's always been a good performer. He's I wouldn't say he's ever let it down. Yeah, he's got his his uh frailties defensively but I think it's probably a reflection of, of how the, the whole team performed. I mean that back four for the last couple of seasons in the Premiership were all over the shop. Um there just weren't there wasn't any discipline, there was no sort of sort of uh positional um just sort of basic basic lineup, they were always out of position, things like that. So I think he's one that's possibly regressed a little bit and that's probably one of the reasons why he thinks he needs to move just afresh. A fresh um, change I mean I think it's it's a difficult one because you you sort of just take for granted that players mentally are always going to be in the right spot but when when they're not and when confidence is low and things like that then it does have a massive impact on players and I think he's probably someone that potentially a season in the championship could have done wonders for him because it could have improved his confidence but at the same time if things don't go so well it could be really detrimental to him and then um, it's one of those where, do, where does you go from that um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably one of those where we. I think it's best for both parties if we just move on. We're we're getting a good deal from him, um, for the money. I think he's he's not sort of stood out as much as I thought he would in the first couple of games this season. I was expecting him to be a real sort of uh, key player, and he's he's not really done that yet. Um, but at the same time, it's it's who who do you replace him with? We've we've not got an abundance of right backs this uh, is this Anita's is the playing. thing and it is playing in there at the minute got stereos the young lad um this this Gamers can can play there as well yeah. but it's just i think he's he's an upgrade on all the players we've got i mean we haven't seen Gamers yet so we don't know what he's like but but you can't tell us we've got anyone better than Yamat. so it's just that that risk of if if we can get someone in that okay maybe not as good but it's sort of a, a potential um, building of a role maybe
1: younger I think you're, you're very harsh I, um, I can't remember too many goals that are ever his fault he's not brilliant defensively but he's alright he never misses a header he's decent he's got everything and I think the fact that a team like West Ham who've got designs in the top four want to buy him to play him suggests we should keep holding him I think he's a victim of Matt Ritchie I think Matt, Matt Ritchie is so attacking in plays like you and Matt, no, that Matt that Rafa thinks they can't they can't play it together. He thinks that he needs a, a more... Def- Whereas on the other side, Rafa's come out in public and said he needs a more attacking left-back. He needs a more defensive right-back than jan playing with Matt Ritchie because Matt Ritchie is, is a bit rubbish defensively. Like He's, he's barred at He switches off. He's a really good player. I really like him. I,
3: di- I disagree a little bit with that. I think richie has got a good work rate. Yeah, he may be. I think there is times where he's... um He's positional sort of sense in terms of... I've, I've noticed a couple of times against Redden, for example... He didn't really know who to go and close down and things like that. But um, I, I wouldn't say he's any worse than, say, Sissoko, who was playing ahead of him in terms of defensively.
1: I do, yeah, so I do. I do so yeah, that's, and, he, and,
3: and he worked. Uh, my point is, is Yama, like, thrived in that role Yeah. Uh, behind Sissoko. So, so I yeah, don't so, think... I I mean, don't I'm not sure he did,
2: G- though. I think the, well, he did maybe two years ago when we had a team that was competing. But last season, when Sissoko was was our only kind of chance of scoring goals...
3: It was. It was
2: going forward. Yeah, Matt's absolutely fine. I think he's brilliant going forward for a right back, but he wasn't able to play the role of being a full back who basically has to do the job of the winger as well. He, he was
1: uh, but too I'll, exposed. Ben, I, I'm just. I think you misunderstood slightly there. What I'm saying is, is that it's not because Matt Ritchie doesn't fill in. Although I'm, saying, I'm saying he doesn't, mm-hmm. but I'm, that's not the reason. I'm saying Matt Ritchie is like he loves being on the right wing. Like on the far right, whipping the balls in. That was Yamat's oh, so, job last year. Like when like Sissoko, like, like, oh yeah, basically, yeah, right. and Sissoko likes to cut, love to cut inside with yeah. the ball. He, he, so because he's got Richie doing that same job, they're getting each other. Like I think at Fulham's a great. They got in each other's way a lot yeah. at Fulham. He sw- he sw- he switched, he switched them because that was well, such a mare in the first half mm-hmm. with Anita playing right wing. He switched them and they got in each other's way, and yeah. I don't think Richie Yamat Yamat. I mean, which is probably Jan match because he's not the attacker. It's probably it's probably his job to adjust his game. Yeah, Maybe he yeah. hasn't done that, but I'm like you. Just
3: need to learn to undercut. Don't always, don't always have to go <laughs> outside, son.
1: So, so <laughs> if if Gamers comes off, I'm fine with it. Yeah. That's the thing because you worry Anita and eat Stary the whole season. No thanks. Uh, but if yeah. it's you know, but that's the thing, sir. You're saying it's a good deal, ten million. Like it like do we care? What, because what can you Like but like time time what we gonna do with that money? Yeah. Like we are sit in the Newcastle's bank account, like give give a shit. Like mm-hmm. uh, we're not sunland, we're on the like, <laughs> brink of financial collapse.
2: We're not, but I think if we go up we need to be able to then he's, he's just thinking the, the financial time. fair play dogger.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's something no one talks about anymore, is it? They've <laughs> got paid off <laughs> pretty well, well. I was gonna say like the new just, TV deal just less than killed it.
3: no but championship teams spend beyond means, it doesn't matter. They just let you get away with it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so we've, we've covered we've Krull and yeah, Matt, we've talked Matt Salts. Anything else to talk about in uh, Planet Newcastle this week? The league table's looking pretty good up to seventh lads and um, particularly the teams right at the top there you'd expect it's interesting. to fall away.
3: Nobody's really run away with it. they all these teams that were expected to sort of be too strong for the league, um, including us. But I think everyone's shown sort of moments of, of weakness. I would say, I mean, we made the point um, on the, the show on Saturday morning that we just mentioned how Newcastle probably had the easiest running um, to, to a season. I mean, we've played 20th, 19th and 18th <laughs> from last season and we played four games and then Redden who are probably the worst team we've played so <laughs> far. Um, so I suppose. Then you look at the league
1: table though, and all those teams are at the top.
3: Well, I think there's a couple of them have played each other already. I mean, like, so Villa have played Chef Wed and Derby. I mean, they've they've not done particularly well yeah. at them, but they've yeah. already played Chef Wed and Derby. So that's 2 of their easier games out the way that they've they've done okay in. Um, actually, they lost to Chef Wed, so I'll take that back. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, yeah,
2: you we we lost to Huddersfield, we lost to Fulham. They're both like well in the top,
3: the top three top, or something. Yeah. yeah. Fulham starting on fire. Fulham, like, like, um... But yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, we we sort of mentioned the big test will be this this weekend with with Brighton because obviously they fancy themselves as, as probably our biggest contender, I think.
1: It's in four games. The next four games we have got Brighton, Derby, and Vile. Yeah. There's two of them away, so. Be, so being we'll,
3: interested, I think to be honest, it could play in our hands though because I think a lot of teams will be coming to St James's and trying to shut up shop. I think their teams that will probably want to try and come sort of. Um, Get a result. Yeah, just, just try and try well, not just a result, but try and put in a performance to sort of just get that mental edge there well, it's, it's
1: like it's like Redden, isn't it? Yeah, Stan gun on about how we had we had fifty-seven percent of possession. It's like, yeah, you did, you idiot. That's not <laughs> how you play Newcastle at home. Like you like Newcastle had 73% against Huddersfield possession, we couldn't do anything with it. You want to come here and sit deep and like yeah. come here and try and play your football, get beat four one and then kick off the about it afterwards, like you're a, you're a fool. Like you say, mean Brighton have got much better players than Redden, but then Redden got a 2-0 with Brighton at the weekend. Um so I, I think it's good if you look at what we, we've got I think only ooh, Norwich have got one more point than us. Brighton have got two more points. Derby and Vial have less points than us and that's basically in Sheffield have less points than us. That's your top that's pretty much the top four teams there in the championship apart from us, the top five. And there's only one of them got more points from it. And we've had a bad start. Yeah. And I think this is, this is what I, I said on the pre-season podcast. One thing I was really worried about was too many draws. We've seen already. We've had it, we, If you look at the start of all those teams apart from maybe Vial, everyone had said, yeah, good start. They were a good start. We've had a terrible start. But because we're, we've won two games, and Norwich and Brighton have only won two games as well, um, it's actually not been that bad a start from us, and if we we'll continue to pick up points, if we come through the these next few games, if we get six points from these next two games, I think we'll piss the league.
2: That's exactly what we said on on Saturday morning. Six points be enough, you know. You don't need to lose lose our shit if we, if we drop another another couple. You goal. win. As long as you get six points, and say a couple of wins. You then come into a, a set of fixtures which got rather impressed and burden, and as long as that doesn't go like no gags, you just you just will just storm up the table because. I think that the first few fixtures, I know it's the start of the season, it always happens, but the inconsistency in this league is massive. If you can put a run together, you'll run away, you'll, you'll make a massive gap. And I think at some point in the season, it just it's just going to happen for us because we've just got the players. But that, you,
1: you made a good point. good point. I said at the start of the week against Huddersfield... I looked at the three games in a week, and I said six points will be good here. Yeah. And some people on Twitter disagreed again, and they said, "Oh, you know what? You know, six points. We don't want to lose any of these teams. You win two 30 game, that's ninety points, and you <laughs> and you go up. Um, you know, six points out of nine is consistently enough enough points to get promoted. So again, we'll we'll lose games, but it's all right because if we lo- it's all right losing the game. I could have feel because we've done the right thing since. Yeah. Um,
3: that's the thing it's all about how you react, isn't it? In this league, you you cannot be. Um, just, just sort of caught making the same mistakes Rafa made the adjustments after the Huddersfield game where we played two fairly defensive types of, of games and then Redden went out and, and had a go and it worked um, and then I don't know how they sort of approached the, the Bristol game but it seemed to be that we, we looked pretty comfortable first half come come to all game man, come
1: to the game people you know I've had again people on Twitter saying no, oh Bristol deserved a point they didn't, they didn't have a shot man mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of yeah they had most of the possession second half but I think Rafa looked at that and he went we've got these they're not going to score There's past no us fact, yeah
2: if, if you if you're ahead of a team that do not look like they can score then why risk
1: it just to go back to the Bristol game I know <laughs> we've moved on I have to criticize Perez again because he was a disgrace when he came on he was absolutely pathetic and there was times you know the whole point of sitting deep. Not that we're sat that deep, but defending well. is like you hit teams on the break, and we didn't really do that. I think, I think Gail Did Gale have a shot that hit the post? Yeah, he exactly. um, Yeah, apart from that, and that's because Perez got the ball in, again, some fantastic positions in the last 10, 15 minutes, and he just totally cocked so them up. Wish. Head down, not looking up. There was Gail. there was Arons to play in. Um, maybe he went off for Gail, but anyway, Arons to play in on the run, and his head down lost possession. He just... Literally, I keep going on about it. It's not even that he's playing badly. He's playing like a disaster. I don't know what's going on, lads. I don't know Do The thing
3: it's just a, the the league's almost too ordinary like for him in terms of players just like, well, like, I can only just go and try and tackle him. Oh, wait, I've tackled him when the ball wears. In the Premier League, it's like, oh... Stand off. Yeah, like stand off.
1: Sort of, don't, uh, you, don't, you don't could get done. You could say you, that, could, but, but then... Probably
3: give them a bit more respect in the Premier
1: League because... But... There's so much at stake. That doesn't excuse him just passing the ball to opposition. Like
2: this, this, this player's. But kind of... it's more just
3: the the, the fact that he seems to lose the ball. But he did, he's not beating players, which nope. is something that he did on a consistent level last year. Was he would get a bit of momentum by beating the first man, a bit of trickery. And he's not. He's never been the quickest. but he's always had that that sort of the the skill to beat a man and he doesn't seem to have that not, he's just get,
2: it's I don't even think it's a skill he's clearly got some ability he's clearly got some of the bottom but he can't play English football he just can't you get players who come across from from Spain and Portugal all the time and the, it's a big adjustment but but he's think, played
1: it though he was class for a season that,
2: that's the that's the odd thing but yeah you 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 people on expecting you to be to, to have stuff up your sleeve and when you're an unknown you kind of get away with it it worked with like I don't think of like Ronaldo for the first time he was here. He looked class and then he kind of, people started to work him out. So he had to adapt his game and he got ripped and he wasn't going to be bashed off the ball anymore because people know that if you just snap Perez if you just smash into him one time, he doesn't really come near you again. He, he no. looks scared, he doesn't want the ball. His first touch is excellent, but he seems so worried that he's just going to get taken out. And the other thing about that is that we, we, you just have to try and win free kicks. How many free kicks does Perez get you? None? Huh. One, one or two? If you're gonna get fouled, get fouled, get a yeah. free kick for it, don't just get knocked off the ball and get nailed for it and then just look, you know. All you have to do is get shield the ball and get fouled, but he just sort of like he doesn't seem to want to be involved in these kind of physical yeah. battles. And
1: I'll, I'll go further than that, he just looks disinterested. Yeah. He's head down, he doesn't try it's hard to say he doesn't try, but he doesn't he doesn't press, he doesn't win the ball, he doesn't use the ball. So I'm just wondering what the point of it is at I the moment. Maybe it's one of those things. Hopefully a goal. He's one who could do with playing tomorrow night uh, against uh, Cheltenham because
2: it, it, it did Tovan wonders last season. <laughs> We're <game. laughs> just getting a couple <laughs> of goals.
1: Like it's just I think you're gonna probably you're probably gonna see Armstrong and Mitrovic, but um, an Aaron's play. So I don't know whether that leaves any space for Perez, but he's just. He just no, looked so bad. It's crazy yeah, how I good he was. Will.
2: I think Rafa's all about giving players confidence, and if it takes playing a shy team that he might score against, then that's so bad. It might, it might help him.
1: Right. I think we'll we'll call it then, unless there's anything I've missed, lads, that you want to discuss. Um, we'll be back Saturday, Radio Side. Please listen in. It's not podcasting. It's the only way you'll have a chance to listen to the match preview. Uh, that'll be 1.30 this, this Saturday. No, it won't. <laughs> Cause it's Is a, it a 4.30. We'll okay. let you know. Follow us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod because it's, it's being the five, the first five thirty game. It's about know. an hour before
2: kickoff,
1: isn't it? Sir? An hour, an hour and a half before yeah. kickoff for home games. Keep. We'll keep you posted. Um, we'll have a podcast as well straight after the Brighton game. That'll be a big one. Should be up a couple of hours after, um, and yeah. Thanks for listening. I don't think there's anything else to say. Nice uh, to win away from home, and yeah, you can catch me do fanzine face off uh Maiden Tiny and Weir uh on Football Matters, nine o'clock every Wednesday. Me and someone of Love Supreme um would constantly get told to be nasty nastier to each other because we just me and him just aren't obsessed about each other's clubs so there's not much we can do, so it's probably very average watching. But tuning anyway. Both waiting for each
2: been, other to pull out the obsessed words. So it's yeah. like, well, I don't care. No, I don't care. Yeah.
1: Well, it is. It's hard for me because it's like, they're like right, you, you, you go on about his, their game. I'm, just, I'm watch it. I'm, watching highlights. Like, and he's like, I'm doing, watching like, I don't watch Newcastle's games. Like,
3: yeah, he admitted he, but he watched their front game. He did, I. But he's um, really obsessed,
1: <laughs> and, um, yeah. So this. It's just a
3: terrible format. Like, just let you talk about your own clubs. And then let the other person have a little snipe if he wants. Yeah. Don't talk about it because it was just too nicey-nicey. It was just fake. Like it was crap.
1: <laughs> you, there you go.
2: You
3: said a load of stuff in that that little two minute segment that I've never ever heard you display <laughs> say. So you it's can, just fake. It's just rubbish. You can catch that on freeview channel
2: if yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's one one seven. Uh, mid and
1: tiny. <laughs> you can see me. Football matters anyway. Gallagher flags. Tell we're nice. back. We're back this Saturday. Gosh, Full display. Okay. Get to the game half an hour early or earlier. If you want to get involved, email contact at uk. If you're in the Gallagher end, please don't email me if you're in the Leesers or Milburn demanding a flag because you'll probably just not get a response. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much. Final plug, you can hear us lads now doing another podcast, uh, Football Bloody Hell. We're filling in for the Southern lads this week who've pissed off to Spain or something. Um, so, yeah, we'll tweet that link as well. That's a, a, a full Premier League podcast if you enjoy this pattern. Thank you and goodbye.
0: Cheers, dogger.